Again, glad y'all are, are here this morning. For those of you that have come in uh, a little bit late, I'm Ed Glaze, one of the pastors here at the church, and I hope that you've had a very, very uh, Merry Christmas and, and had a joyful celebration. And, and as the coming year uh, is upon us, I hope that your 2022 is going to be filled with uh, God's richest blessings. We have a couple passages of Scripture to read uh, for you. First, I'm going to read from the book of Hebrews, and then I'm going to ask you all to stand for the gospel reading because this is some of the most powerful words ever written, and it uh, deserves our utmost attention and our respect. So we're going to stand for the reading of the gospel, if that's okay. Here now, the word of the Lord is found in the book of Hebrews, the fourth chapter. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confessions, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace in our every time of need. And now, from the Gospel of John, let us stand it for the reading of the Gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word is with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through Him. Without Him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world And the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who receive him, who believe in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who was born not of blood or the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we've seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. It's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I figured there may not be the largest crowd that we've ever had at at this service. And so I thought we might do a little audience participation. Okay, so, you know, we, we, we up for that? I mean, we're, you know, kind of spread out some, but we, we can still talk to one another. And I just want to know, what did y'all get for Christmas? Anybody want to share anything that they got for Christmas? Anyone get any socks? I bet some people got socks. Yeah? Right. What, what, what did y'all get for Christmas? Anybody? What? Yes, ma'am. A can opener. Very... Very special. That's about as good as getting a vacuum cleaner from your husband, right? Yeah. All right, a can opener. Excellent. Thank you. What else did some people get? Two Green Bay Packers shirts. Wow, 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 wow. 
I'm going to show something even better than that in just a second. What, what else did you all get for Christmas? Any, anybody else? A filing cabinet. Oh, wow. Woohoo. Good, good. You must have a lot of stuff that you're going to have to sort through. All right. Congratulations. <laughs> anybody else? An electric drill. Yay. There you go. All right. I look forward to a lot of repair projects. Thank you. Anybody else? Whoa, ho, ho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. South Carolina, number one in the country are in women's basketball. No, yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Anybody else? All right. Well, you know, several folks mentioned that they got some practical things. And when we moved here, somehow most of our Tupperware disappeared. So uh, Santa, naming our daughter, uh, brought us a bunch of Tupperware. So, I mean, that's kind of practical stuff. But here's what I am most proud of for Christmas. Any, any Braves fans out there? <laughs> Justin Lawrence, if you're watching, buddy, this is for you. Yeah, they won the World Series finally, chopping like it's 1995. Yeah, I'm so happy uh, to get that gift. I wore it around some yesterday and, I, you know, uh, helping with dinner and everything. And so I'm excited about wearing that. That's, a, that's a, a great Christmas gift. I know lots of people got various and sundry things. But when we talk about what gift we get at Christmas time, well, what are some things that come to mind? You know, a lot of people might answer that what I got, what we get for Christmas, what I get for Christmas in this Jesus coming to the world is summarized in one of the most famous verses in all the Bible in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but what have everlasting life. This gift of everlasting life, we sang about it just a, a minute ago. And good Christian friends rejoice. It's a true gift, isn't it? To know that beyond this life, we can have life, life eternal. And that is something that some people, is their own, for some people, it's their only hope to have life eternal because life is so bad so many hard things are going on. We, we read about all the tough things that are happening around the world. And for them, the only hope they have is life beyond this one. I've been with families who did not have this hope of eternity for themselves or for their loved one that was passing on. And, and you could see the despair in their lives and in their voice when they thought about there's nothing beyond this. And then I've seen families that have had a loved one who they knew was faithful uh, to their Savior, Jesus Christ, who had a strong faith. And yet, they knew that no matter what happened, if their loved one died, there's something beyond this life. They had hope that was going to be there for eternity, that death had been conquered. The Apostle Paul puts it this way in 1 Corinthians 15. Death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Death will be done away with. Oh, death, you have been defeated. And Jesus put it this way in John's gospel. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may also be. I mean, that's wonderful news. That is a reason why we celebrate so much at Christmas time. And I don't think we'd celebrate Christmas, really, if we did not know that through Jesus Christ, God had conquered death and we have 
this hope of life eternal, that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And we can have life that's imperishable forever. And yeah, that is a gift, but maybe that's a gift that we maybe would wait till the springtime to open, one that we look at more at Christmas, I mean at Easter rather than at Christmas. It is a, a gift that we enjoy, yes, but right now, that's a gift that maybe isn't the most important thing that we celebrate at Christmas, though it's there. Well, some would say that we celebrate this gift of having all of our sins forgiven. That because of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, our sinfulness is taken away from us. Back in the 11th century, there was a, a bishop named Bishop Anselm, and he wrote a book called Cordeus Homo, for those of you who know Latin, for the rest of us, Why the God-Man. And in that book, he describes that the sinfulness of humanity is so great and that we are all destined for punishment because of our sinfulness and that there's nothing that we can do, no amount of good works can take away that sinfulness from us. But God, because he loved his creation, he loves his people, he became the God-man and came and took the burden of our sinfulness upon himself. And therefore, all of our guilt is taken away. Everybody who has walked on this earth is a sinner. And only the God-man can take away the deep-rooted sinfulness that's in each and every one of us. All of us. There's a... Clint Eastwood movie called Unforgiven. Now, I have to admit, I love Clint Eastwood movies. Uh, you know, something about his acting and his style. I mean, he's still going at it, and he's in his 90s, you know, my goodness. And in that movie, Unforgiven, it's a story about uh, these men who are hired to go uh, kill uh, some people that have done some women wrong. And uh, they... They go and travel uh, to this far distant town and Clint Eastwood uh, takes with them this young greenhorn and in the middle of uh, their being there, this young greenhorn kills one of the people that, quote, is, is having it coming. And this young guy feels so guilty about it because he's never killed anybody before and trying to justify himself, he says to Clint, the character Clint Eastwood plays this, he had it coming, didn't he? He had it coming to him, didn't he? And Clint Eastwood stares at the kids and says, we all got it coming, kid. <laughs> yeah, we do, don't we? We all deserve judgment. We're all sinners. Christ died for us while we're yet sinners, the Apostle Paul says, because he says earlier in the book of Romans, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So Christ has come to relieve us of our burden, of our sinfulness, and of our guilt. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. And that is part of the good news of what we celebrate with Jesus coming into the world. But again, that might be a gift that we would open later on, on Good Friday, where we hear those wonderful words from Isaiah 53, he has borne our iniquity and the sins of all humanity have been placed upon him. So, yes, we do celebrate the gift of eternal life. Yes, we do celebrate the, the gift that we receive 
in the fact that our sins are forgiven. But we overlook something if we jump straight to those things that Jesus Christ came as a form of a little baby, born in a hay barn. His first breaths were tinted with the scent of, of hay and manure. His first bed was a feeding trough. He is wrapped in dirty old rags. I don't know about you, but if I was the king of the universe, I sure wouldn't want my son to be born in something like that. Some, I'd want some ivory palace filled with gold and everything along those lines, all the, the trappings of richness, you know. We, well, kind of how we treat our children, isn't it? Not so with God. What do we get? in this baby. There was a, a man who was desperate for a job. I mean, he, he said he would do anything. And this wasn't in this time frame where the help wanted signs everywhere. This is a time when jobs were hard to come by. And so he was reading through uh, the classified section and he saw that the zoo was hiring. And he said, you know what, I would even clean up after the elephants. I, I need a job that desperately. So he goes to the zoo and he meets the manager and he says, listen, you know, I see that you're hiring and I'll do whatever you ask me to do. What, what would you need me to do? I'm willing to do it. And the manager looks him over and said, you kind of healthy? He said, oh yeah, I'm really healthy. He said, you strong? He said, yeah, I'm real strong. He said, good. So the manager goes in the back and gets out a bear suit. And he says, listen, our bear just died and we hadn't got one yet. And that's in a popular exhibit. So we need you to wear this bear suit and, and, and act like a bear. And, and the fellow said, I can't do that. I mean, that's kind of dishonest. And said, no one's going to know. You know, don't worry about it. It's just for a little while. So what's a bear do? He said, a bear just lays around, maybe acts like it's eating something. You just, just do it. We'll pay you well. Well, the man was desperate. He said, okay. And so he puts on the bear costume and they put him in the bear exhibit. And for a few days, he just does like the guy said. He lays around. He uh, eats a few leaves and does stuff like that. Uh, but he soon gets kind of bored with that. And so he begins to start doing some tricks. He starts doing cartwheels and flips and things like that. And soon everybody coming to the zoo goes straight to the bear exhibit because they want to see this bear do all this stuff. And, and the manager said, man, if he does well with that, let's put a rope in there. So he puts a rope in there, and he starts swinging around on the rope, and he'll leap off the rope and do a flip and land on his feet, and everyone's just going crazy over this until the day it came that uh, he was doing this uh, swinging on the rope, and the rope broke, and he ended up in the lion exhibit right next to the bear exhibit. It's one of those open things, you know. And he looks back, and he wonders if the lion had noticed and he had had. And it's, it's crouching down like it's ready to pounce. It starts to get closer and closer. And the, and the man gets up on his feet and he starts to run. And, 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 the, and the line gets closer and closer. And all of a sudden the line pounces and the, and the man in the bear suit says, help, help, help. And the line grabs his, the man's, uh, man's uh, face with his paw over it. And he says this, hush, will you, what are you trying to do? Make us all lose our jobs. You know, there are plenty of people that think Jesus is like that. He is a God that came in a human suit but did not face what we faced. 
there's an early movement in Christianity called Gnosticism, and there's a certain branch of it called Docetism, and that they said this, that Jesus really wasn't human. Oh, he appeared human, but he was in a human suit. He wasn't really a human being with flesh and blood. He was a mere image, a face out there, but without feeling. And he really didn't suffer. And he really didn't die. He really didn't face pain. Because, well, why would God do that? But that's what God did. You see, the wonderful news of this season is called incarnation. Jesus Christ came in the form of a baby as a human being with blood and bones, just like you and me. Jesus Christ then was raised in a household. Jesus Christ had to go to school. He had to learn things. He had a job. I imagine in that carpentry shop, he hit his finger with a nail, uh, with a hammer every now and then when he's trying to nail something in. And I hope he was, I know he was better than what I would be when that happened. Jesus Christ walked and ate and had illnesses just like we did. So when we're dealing with that cold or with that flu or those things, we know that our Lord dealt with those himself. Jesus had friends. He laughed. He knew what it was like to have people disappoint him and betray him. He knew suffering and pain. He knew humiliation. And you heard a couple families dealing with grief right now. And I imagine every person within the sound of my voice, I know we have, have dealt with the anguish of grief. And we read in John chapter 11, Jesus wept. Jesus, you see, wasn't a God in a human suit. The word became flesh, John says. And encamped, that's what that word means, dwelt, encamped among us. He lived among us. He was one of us. And that means he knows everything about us and knows what it's like. I love that song, Oh Holy Night, that's sometimes sung at, at, at Christmas. In there's that line, he knows our need to our weakness, no stranger. That means we have somebody who is well acquainted with all of our ways, as the book of Hebrews just said. That means we can take comfort in this God who knows what it's like. In a cancer ward in South Florida, there's um, a time when a certain chaplain comes through and all the patients in that ward light up. Because you see this chaplain, Charlie, comes through on crutches. He's missing part of his leg because he lost that limb to cancer. But he goes through that hospital ward with laughter in his eyes and a smile upon his face. And he's telling them, not with his words, but with his very presence, I've had cancer, and I know you do too, and we can beat this because I have, and you can too. 
And that very presence of someone who has been where they have been gives each of those patients a sense of hope that even when dealing with something so horrible like that, they can know joy. You see, my friends, the good news of the incarnation is that we serve a God who has been there too. He has experienced everything from the cradle to the grave, from life to death and beyond life. He has felt pain. He has felt agony. He has felt everything that we will feel in this life. And God not just sympathizes, he empathizes because he has been there too. I love the song we're going to sing here in just a bit. What a friend we have in Jesus. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? Take it that Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Wow. In the Middle Ages, in a place in Colmar, Germany, there was a hospital that served only two types of patients. Patients that were crippled with arthritis and were covered or were covered with the sores and pain of syphilis. And hanging in the chapel there at that hospital in Colmar was a painting by an artist named Grunwald. And Grunwald had a picture of the crucifixion, and there hanging on the cross was a Jesus looking like he was racked with the pain of arthritis and covered with the sores of syphilis. Now, some might yell out blasphemy. Some might yell out that's an outrage. But it's the, not blasphemy. It's not an outrage. It's the point. Those pain-stricken patients, those people dealing with their soreness and their agony, agony could look at that painting and know that Jesus Christ had dealt with similar things too. And it gave them hope. The same can be said for whatever you're going through right now. We have a God who came in the form of a human being and has walked this dark valley like we do and says, I've been there and I'll be there with you too. In the bombings of London, all sorts of people faced destruction and lost their homes and and had all sorts of things occur in their lives, much death and destruction. And and during one of the bombings, a family had their house hit and they rushed out into the street and, and the dad saw that there was a place where a bomb had already exploded there in the street and there was a big hole there and he climbed down into it and, and because he knew that their family would be safe and his little boy standing on the edge of, of the hole scared to jump in and, and looking into it only seeing darkness and the boy said, I'm afraid. And his dad said, it's okay, I'm here. You can jump, and I'll catch you. My friends, what this season means for us is that God has walked through the dark valley, entered into the crater holes of this humanity, and he's there. 
to catch us, to be with us. And as John says, to walk with us in the darkness with a light that no darkness can ever extinguish. And the way we know this is by what we celebrate at this season, that God came not in some great triumphant fanfare that all the world would notice. No, God came in the form of a baby, a fragile, a vulnerable, and a very human baby. And that means we have hope no matter what we are facing in this life because God goes with us through it. And he knows your every weakness. And you can take it to him in prayer. Kind of reminds me of a song that we're about to sing. It's called What a Friend We Have in Jesus. You able to play it right now, Dana? So let us respond to the good news that God is with us and is there for us and been there where we are walking through this great hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Let it be our response to the good news of the gospel this day. Let us stand and sing together.